Hey guys, Dylan here, producer of the Ecommerce Alley podcast. Now, before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know about a special offer that we are giving all of our podcast listeners. If you scroll down below this episode in the show notes, you'll find a link to a special podcast listener deal on our scientific e-commerce Facebook ads testing course. Now, normally this is $27, but we're going to give you a special link to grab it for only 10 And included with that is a 30-minute ads expert call where we help answer your questions and implement the content. Thank you very much for being a valued listener to our podcast. And now, on to this episode. So I was recently in a coaching session where where the central topic amongst everybody just really started to move into, hey, how, how do I scale my business? Um, and, and right now I'm kind of recording this in Q1, but we're coming out of Q4 and into Q1. And what, what do you, how do you scale, right? When you, when you come out of um, a really busy season. And for some of you listening, maybe that is Q4. Maybe Q4 is your like, this is go time, pedal to the floor. Like we're really cooking here. Maybe it's different. Like I know in Q1 is more health, maybe you have a health product. Health products and supplements typically do pretty well in Q1. Uh, If you have kids toys, probably did well in Q4. If you're golf, well, probably neither of those. Yours might be the second or the third quarter when it's more of like that weather type that does really well for golf. And so I think that the word scale, it gets used so much that I think it's wise to just take this step back and think through what it looks like in real life, in terms that most businesses experience it. Not the wild success stories that we see on Instagram of somebody who just went from like $0 to like $3 billion run rate a day uh, or a month in revenue in the first 2.5 months of starting a business. I'm not talking about this. I'm saying for the, the majority business owners, what does scaling actually look like? And so this whole, um, this, the whole conversation began to shift to how do I scale in the slow season? And whatever that season is might shift, but the question remains, how do I scale? And, and I actually flipped it in, in this call. And I said, well, for me, I think that it's not how to scale, but, but more when to scale. Because sometimes it's best to just put your head down and do the brutal, boring work that's required to set a stronger foundations for those moments when you do need to push the pedal to the floor and go as fast as your production and fulfillment can handle. And so, for example, like let's say you're, I use advertising because it's super easy and very mathematical. <laughs> let's say in advertising, let's say your break-even cost per purchase on ads or cost per acquisition on ads is $30, but you're getting customers in your busy season for $15 per customer. That's pretty awesome. We have a great degree of margin built in here. Well, then pressing the gas hard in those scenarios makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of profit built in. But what if you're in a a winter month, right? Metaphorically here. (laughs) And let's say your cost per acquisition is not $15, but it's 25 or it's, it's 28. Ah, now the margin isn't so high. And so what happens is because the margin isn't high, the risk percentage starts to go up a little bit. So depending on you and your business and your confidence in your marketing and your cash position and a lot of other variables and your inventory, et cetera, it might be better that you, you don't scale and instead you maintain and you have an em- less emphasis on scaling and instead you have an emphasis on working on these key areas in your business that will prepare you for the moment when it is your time to shine and it's time to 
push the heat and really take it to the next level. And I think that most people think of scaling um, as this ongoing thing that should happen linearly. Uh, but if you've been in business for any period of time, then you probably know it, it doesn't really work like that. Um, and I personally, I prefer, I prefer to look at scaling like if I'm climbing a mountain. And so if I was to climb a mountain, you don't just look up to the top of the mountain and say, that's where I want to go. And you walk straight up. You're going to have to go on the, the, the low level paths. Then you start to ascend and then there's going to be switchbacks and then you're going to take a wrong turn and then another wrong turn and another wrong turn. And then you're going to have to backtrack a little bit and you're going to climb up this, you're going to scale the side of this area and be like, Ooh, I can't get over here. And you got to scale back. And, and so the process of scaling is much like climbing a mountain. It's not linear. It's not like you just say, Hey, um, I want to 10x my revenue and 10x my ad spend. Boom. And it linearly happens like that. There's this process that it goes through. But what I want to think about is if you're in this mode, because scale is such a hot word, if you're in this mode and you're like, hey, I really do want to scale, let's dream about it a little bit. And let's say, what would your life look like in your business if you were always in scaling mode? Let's say you're getting 200 orders a month and you knew if you increased your marketing efforts, you could get to 2,000 orders a month. Ask yourself these questions like, what would happen to your operational infrastructure if you 10x'd? What would happen to your inventory and your lead times? What, what would happen to your customer support or your team? What would your role in the company look like if you were to 10X your revenue right now or in the next 60 days? For most people, it would actually break the business. And so because I, I wanted to record this episode because I've had a lot of conversation with a lot of businesses that are like, hey, this is a slow season, but I'm trying to scale and I don't know what to do. And I'm feeling kind of down on myself and I'm feeling really beat up. And, and instead of saying, how do I scale? Ask, when do I scale? Right? When is the right time to do this? Because sometimes it is not time to scale. It is time to create the strong foundation of course, remain profitable in that. And then when it's time to scale, then you have this foundation built to enable that. Uh, we had this happen for a client uh, last year that what happened was this client actually, uh, we're working with them hands-on, our, our, our marketing team's working with them. They're doing about $150,000 per month. Well, in the first 90 days, three months, we took them to almost $300,000. They wanted to scale, right? And we knew what levers to pull. So of course, ads and email, those are the two we really like to pull. So we pulled those levers. And we almost doubled it. It was $296,000 in sales in the third month of us pulling those levers. Almost double in 90 days. That's not 10X, but it's still pretty fast growth. So I'm not even talking 10X growth. I'm talking 2X growth in three months. And it got kind of rocky for them. And they're like, okay, we think we could take more. And then we took them to almost 600,000 in six months. And that was halfway through the month. Couldn't even handle it. Had to get an email. They said, "Hey, we got to kill all marketing efforts. We literally our support, our our fulfillment is so backlogged. We are delayed on shipments. Our team is burned out. We're working around the clock. We can't hire fast enough." And that's going from 150 thousand to 600. That's 4x growth. And so, when when you're thinking of scale, I want you to think of that. It's not always linear because mathematically it it feels linear, but operationally, what changes is pretty significant. And I share this because I believe that knowing when to scale is just as important as how to scale. And right now you might be beating yourself up because things aren't as maybe you wished they were going right this moment in your business. Or maybe they're not going how they were in these high moments in the high season you just came out of. And I think this is especially important in those winter, winter months 
of your business. Because for many, if we're looking really practically, it's, it's January, February, March. And this momentum that you have in Q4, there's a lot of excitement, there's a lot of sales, there's a lot of things that are working, there's a lot of profitability and all of that. And this excitement kind of carries you in and then January hits and then buyer attack goes down and your sales do start to drop. It's relatively natural if Q4 is your busy season. But you have this January goals you've now set. So you're coming in hot into January. You're like, I know revenue is gonna be down. I'm excited. We got this momentum. We're gonna keep going with it. And then you get into February. And which is the reason I'm actually releasing this in February for anybody who's listening at a different time. The reason I'm releasing it now is because this is generally that moment when the busy season's gone. The first month of, of pushing and the energy of accomplishment and the new goals and the vision that you have set out, it starts to wane a little bit. And in the winter months, it's easy to get discouraged when the sales are lower, things aren't working as they did in the high season. So, so what, what do you do in those moments? So this reminds me of 2018. And in 2018, um, we, our business had just finished coming out of just a horrible financial crisis. We got ourselves in loads of debt. We were broker than broke can be. We were way overstaffed. I had to let go of people. We had to cut our team. It was just a brutal experience. And we had this office on the second floor in the downtown or in a building in the downtown of our city. And one day I'm in my office window and I'm looking out across the street. Second floor, I'm looking across the street and there's this building over there. It's this old dilapidated building that had been vacant since I had, had been born. Like it was vacant for a very long time. It was, um, it was like, it was an ugly looking thing. The front had plastic tarp on it. It didn't have a siding. Like it had plastic tarp on it, which exposed all the, uh, all the two by fours to the weather elements. So those were probably rotting out and we found out later that they were. Uh, it had this big window in the front of the building and peeking through it, you could see all these tiny little, little claustrophobic rooms just completely, they had the drop ceiling, it had like dusty furniture. It looked like it was from like 1972. And later that, after looking at this building, later that week, I'm at a family dinner. Our family has dinner every Sunday. It's a thing that we've done for many years. And I asked my family at dinner, I said, hey, does anyone know who has owned that building that's been vacant for literally ever that I could remember? And ironically, my brother Jacob, who he actually works for us now, <laughs> but back then he worked for the Chamber of Commerce and he knew who this 70 something year old man was. He had ironically just met him and got his cell phone number the week before. So he gives me his number and I call him and I asked this guy, I said, hey, John, um, I got your number from my brother Jacob. He told me all this about you. Are you interested in selling the property? And John said, yes. And he happily agreed to meet me. We toured the building and um, he was in the process, this guy, as far as who he was, he was in the process of liquidating more than a hundred properties in a dozen businesses that he owned. So this guy is like very successful, knows what he's doing. And he took his own time to walk me through the building. So he walked me through the building. We had no working water. There were plumbing issues. The ceiling was falling in. You walk straight in and there's like, it goes right down to the basement. It was the most hideous thing ever. It had green carpet on layers of tile and tile and more carpet and more tile and more. It was just, it was, it was a nightmare. There was part of the floor that was plywood in there and the original wood flooring had been replaced. It was really bad. In fact, it was so bad that as we walked through this building, there were so many cobwebs. That I had to take an old fluorescent light bulb and wave it like a wand and like it was Harry Potter, you know? Expecto Patronum, patronum. Um, <laughs> like a wand just to like not be running into cobwebs. So after we toured this, toured this whole building, uh, we ended up going to the second floor, the basement, the first floor, the second floor, and I decided to share my vision with John. 
for this co-working space that I wanted to open. And I wanted to turn it into something that I knew would be meaningful for our town in the businesses, that there was no co-working space in our town. And, and I wanted to bring that big city vibe to where we lived. And, and so I, I shared all of this vision. I said, I wanna, I wanna move my team over here and here's what I wanna do. And then I looked at John after sharing this vision that I was so excited about. And I asked him why he had never sold the property before. Because it had, I had seen for sale signs go up and down for years and years and years. And I had never once seen somebody go in there. And he said it was because he hadn't found the right person to sell it to that he felt would do something beneficial for our town until he met me. And so he told me he'd carry the note, he'd be the bank, told me to think on it for a few days. After this, I went and I, I had a realtor go through, I had a city engineer, I had a fire marshal, I had contractors, and every single one of them told me this is a horrible, horrible condition. It's gonna be an uphill battle to get the city approved drawings, to renovate this, to actually see this through to completion. I even had so many contractors for HVAC and plumbing and electric that I had come look at it. They turned down the project or they bid it so high that they knew I, it was absurdly high that I would never actually proceed with them. And so I don't know about you, but sometimes there, there are these moments in your life that you feel called to something. Like you can't explain it, but despite the odds that you have stacked against you, you have this peace in knowing that you're doing the right thing, that you're building something for a reason. And that's how I felt with this building that is now, we, we, we've turned into a beautiful space. And maybe you've gotten into your business and as you're in your business, uh, that's how you felt. And so that's how I felt. We proceeded, we closed in, in, in 2018. We began renovating the, bu the building immediately. There was an exciting sense of possibility and energy. Uh, I put up a sign on the door to build excitement. So many people were excited about it. We got local newspapers, local TV station. Everyone's like, what's going on here? Josh Coffee with his big vision. And, and I told everyone we're gonna be done in six months. That's how long it'll take. Then month seven hit, then month eight, then 10, then 12. And we weren't even close to completing the project. Then our loan ran out. Then contractors quit on us. Then some contractors stole equipment and materials from us. And what started out as this exciting dream got real, real fast. And I think in, our, you know, in, in business, you've probably heard, hey, this is where the rubber, or in life in general, this is where the rubber meets the road, right? That's why most businesses fail in the first five years and many more by year 10. And so I called the moment that I learned um, I wasn't called to manage construction projects <laughs> that's what I call it. But maybe you feel like that in your business right now. In those slow seasons, it's easy to feel like that, where it's easy to feel like, like I felt, hey, everyone abandoned me, things stopped working, all this excitement is not working out. I thought it'd take six months. We're 12 months in, the loan runs out, contractors quit, we have stuff stolen from us, materials stolen from us, everything that's like could go wrong is going wrong. And in, those moments of our, our, our lives, it's easy to feel defeated and you have a choice to make. So if you're listening to this and I'm preaching to you right now, hopefully someone's listening and you're saying, maybe I'm in this or maybe I've been there and I remember that and I still have this PTSD in the back of my mind because I remember that moment. And in that scenario for us, I had to make a decision because we didn't have all the contractors to do the work that we needed. So I had to say, what do we do here, right? We could wrap up, we could sell the building, we would, because we gutted it and did stuff, we would act, and the market was going up, we could have actually made a profit on it and kind of backed out pretty easily. But I decided I'm gonna put my head down and I'm gonna do what I believe is necessary in order to, to see this through to completion. 
So every day, I'd work full days in my office right across the street, and then I'd throw on nasty old clothes, I'd go across, and I would be on scaffolding inside the building with goggles and a respiratory mask and I, as I chipped away the mortar that exposed this, to expose this beautiful historic brick and tin ceiling and floors, and I'm covered. And I, each night, I would leave covered head to toe in like this red dust from the brick that we're sanding off and in loads of sweat. <laughs> it was a nasty combination. It was brutal. But I told myself, you know, this is the part in the movie where the hero has to find out who they are and figure things out before they come back and they save the day. I think there are times in our business when we're full of excitement, we feel inspired. A lot of those times are when we're winning, right? There are times when we're winning, we have the sales, things are flowing in. And there are those times when we have to do the brutal, boring, covered head to foot in dust and sweat kind of work, the stuff that's required to win, but we're bored by it or we hate doing it. So we give ourselves a pass and maybe we procrastinate or, or, or we hire it out even though we're probably not in a cash position to do it. And we have to make decisions in those moments. Am I gonna, am I gonna put my head down and do the brutal, boring work or am I gonna give myself the pass? Am I gonna blame the circumstances? Now in that scenario, we luckily, we had an incredible loan officer believed in the vision, we got the remaining funding, we pressed on, broke through the red tape, built a beautiful space that started out as co-working, but then has then since become like the only office that our team operates out of because our team has grown. But instead of those six months that I told everyone I believed it would take, it took 22 months, nearly four times longer. So to me, February, when I'm releasing this podcast right now, February represents that part of the movie where the hero's in a rut, needs to find his or her stride. Maybe you maybe you feel like that. You came out of Q4 hot, then into January, and the, the energy to ta tackle this new year was in January, and now it's starting to die down. This excitement is starting to wane a little bit. The energy feels a little lackluster. Right? This is that time where, where you need to put your head down. You need to embrace the suck, embrace the brutal, embrace the boring work that's going to help you set a stronger foundation for 2024 and beyond and prime you for the best year you've ever had in the moments when it's time to scale. So I'll leave you with this. Jim Rohn has a great quote. He says, life and business are like the changing seasons. You cannot change the seasons, but you can change yourself. Therein lies the opportunity to live an extraordinary life, the opportunity to change yourself. So in life and business, as the seasons change, metaphorically and physically, you can't change the seasons. Every business has a winter, every business has a summer. But you can change yourself. You can change what you choose to do. And if you feel stuck, if you feel beat, if you feel the energy is lacking, if you feel things have taken a downturn, maybe it's not how do I scale, but it's how do I maintain and know when to scale and when to put my head down and do the brutal, boring work that's required to win in the long run. Now, this is a little bit different of an episode. Um, sometimes I just feel certain things on my mind and heart and what I see. And I just think, hey, I think somebody kind of needs to hear this today. And so uh, anyway, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, we would appreciate it if you give it a little bit of rating on whatever audio podcast you're listening to. A review would be awesome. But even if you just rate it with your thumb, that's, that would be grateful. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit subscribe. Uh, drop a comment. Let me know uh, what you're going to be pressing into 
this year? What are you working on? What is that brutal, boring work for you that you know you're gonna commit to doing that will change the trajectory of your life and of your business? We'll see you in the next episode. Hey guys, it's Josh. Thanks for listening to the audio version of the e-commerce alley. Did you know that we actually have an amazing set in high quality video production that gets posted on YouTube every single week? If you've never watched the e-commerce alley on YouTube, you have to go to alleypodcast.com slash YouTube to check it out. Once again, thank you for listening to this podcast and we hope you enjoy this episode.